0: All right, Boker Tov, we continue in the Sefer and F.S. Shemshon. For those following in the Sefer on page She'an and the and Vav, we're still in the Shema, and we're discussing to live exactly the way Hashem tells us that we should live, even though that realization of that true oneness reality of Hashem will only be overtly known when Mashiach comes, but there's no reason why we should not be living that way now. And he... Uh, is and saying we live only for Hashem. Okay, so he, he, he gives us an example. It's let's say let's say a person is on an airplane flight, and many of the planes have little screens right in front of you. Okay, so should you be looking at what's in the screen? And the person says, I think I should be able to look at it. And let's even assume there's no pornography, there's no swearing, which knocks out at least 95% of anything you can see. Or let's say you're waiting in the doctor's office, and now they got all kinds of screens over there, or they got some magazines over there, and you decide to do it. He says that's that's being a reformer because you're thinking of doing things on your own, right? Well, let's say you're going on a vacation, and when you're on vacation, you compromise your spiritual values. So you decided in this place and in this time, you're allowed to do what you'd never do in the shul. You'd never do it in front of your wife or things like that. All right? And that kind of view where, yeah, yeah, I, I, I listen to that, but there's certain times you don't have to. Yeah. So that kind of outlook is again Shema Yisrael Hashem because Judaism begins and ends at that point. And if you don't look at the world like that, then you don't have the fundamental point and you don't have anything. And the way our lifestyle should look should be only with Hashem. And that's what it says in Pirkei Avos. A person who stays up late at night, and a person who walks alone on the road and distracts himself for wasteful things—expression is mischayev It's like you're guilty for your own life. And Rabbeinu explains because those hours a person is found with himself, and there's nothing that should be disturbing him—no telephones, no distractions. Those are the best hours for learning Torah. And what do we do with those best hours? We use them for wastefulness. Right? Late at night. Night's a great time to learn. Nobody's bugging you. The business is closed. Right? You're you're alone somewhere. That's the best time to learn. The best time to learn this weekend is Sunday between 6 and 9 p.m best time to learn because the rest of the world no one's going to call you they're all watching the Super Bowl or is it this weekend? (laughs) so you're not going to have to worry (laughs) about it We we (laughs) Davin Davin Mincha I don't know at 5.15 finish learn Rambam 6.30 and then you got the whole night to learn so that's that's the point Echad means to live with Hashem and if there's certainly if there's no distractions or disruptions, we should be learning Torah because that's being together with a at every time. Okay, so wherever you're waiting in line, whatever you're doing, you know I was in doctor's offices uh, twice this week. You bring a sefer, you go over shnai mikra Targum. I brought this sefer with me and I read it on the subway. You know, there's there's things to do. You take Hashem with you in all these places. And if a person thinks, you know what, I, I'm not able to learn while I'm on the road. You know, my thoughts jump away from me. Okay, you could be a good Jew. You believe in the oneness, uh, but you're saying you can't make it happen. Okay. In other words, you, know, you, you can try and fail. Okay. But if you say, I'm excused, then that's not it. That's not it. Right? To to look for a newspaper and to get interested in other things, that's not echad. That's reform. Okay? You can't say echad and then act in a different way. Of course, there are the generations have gotten weaker, but there's still no difference between our generation and other generations in doing the 613 mitzvahs. The only difference we could say is maybe in the quality, the kavana, the excitement. Okay, but you still have to be able to say that you're doing as best as you can and you're not making exceptions to the rule. You could you can say, I really, really want to do it, but I have a big Yate Sahara who's stopping me and I know what I'm doing is wrong. That's still the echo. Because you know you're gonna get you're gonna get it. And you know, it, and you just, I just can't, I can't control myself, but I know it's wrong. Okay, but to just say, no, there's no reason to keep it now. I'm on vacation. That's a major problem. Okay, now, even though he's going to discuss this much more detail next week, mm-hmm. there is the Baruch Shein Kavod afterwards. So on Monday, I'm going to have a full treatment of the subject. But here he's going to explain it in relation to what we've been talking about. So if a person, as I said, if a person says, I want to live a life of Torah, I I yearn to keep the whole Torah the way it's written, but what can I do? I've sinned. I've done many averos. I'm not able to, to overcome my Yetzirah. You're still a good Jew. Okay? You may not be successful doing everything the way it should be, the way it will be during your Moshe Mashiach, but you know that's the way it should be. And during the Kriya Shema, you're announcing that that's the way it should be. Even if he's not successful. In other words, you might say, listen, I know I do a lot of this, why should I even say Shema? Why should I be a hypocrite? That's just, you're not a hypocrite. A hypocrite is who says Shema and then he says, I can decide what I want to do. The person says, I know what I should do and I know... My Yates is strong, and I know I'm doing the wrong thing. It's not my decision. It's my Yates are horror's decision. It's not like I philosophically believe that I should be doing this. I know I shouldn't do it, but I got such a Yitzha I can't control it. Okay, at least you want to be better. You're at least seeing where the path is. Okay, but unfortunately a lot of us fail in certain areas. So we got to at least know what there is. But don't make a policy of compromising. That the way things are now, it's impossible. That we cannot do. They once asked the Chavetz Chaim, why do you in your yeshiva, you educate the young boys that they should all be big Torah leaders? Right? There's a lot of regular Balabatim. Why do have to be big Torah leaders? So the Chavetz Chaim says, the Balabatim of today... Their parents yearned that their children should be big rabbis. And they taught them that way. But okay, they couldn't make it. So then they became good religious balabatim. In other words, the yearning has to be for greatness. If you're yearning for mediocrity, you're gonna fall below that. You never hit your goals, or most people don't hit their goals. If you try to be, you want your kid to be a Rosh Yeshiva, he may not be a Rosh Shiva but you'll be a good balabas If you just say, let's just be a good balabas." well, then he's going to go down from that. So therefore, when we say the Shema, we close our eyes because to live in that reality of Hashem truly, it may be beyond some of our potentials. But the first thing is we've got to accept the concept to ourselves. And that's what we're doing with the Kriya Shema. And if Hashem wants us to live that way, then we, you know, are able to. The only is, how do we make it into practice? So since it's very hard in practice, so you're saying, so I I know this is true 100%. My whole reality depends on Hashem and I need Hashem and everything and Hashem is telling me what to do. That's for my best interest. And I should all be doing this. I should be close to Hashem, but I got such a uh. So that's what we have the next line. Baruch, shame, kevod, ma'chusol, the vo'ed. We're saying, Hashem, give us a flow of your kingdom so she, we should be able to stand up and be able to follow what the directive of Shema is. But at least, it's hard, but at least we try our best. So the Baruch Hashem says, although we're not, it's hard for me to live that reality, but but help me that I should be able to live it, that they should come soon. Okay, now, he ends this discussion of the Shema by reiterating the point that this idea of Yichud Hashem is the foundations of all foundations of Yiddishkeit. And therefore we have to really inspect ourselves how true we are to this. The the, the altar from Kelm in his letters, we find he made a Kabbalah, a resolution an Erev Yom Kippur. This is a big, big, big rabbi. You know what my resolution is? To try my hardest not to be an apostate. <laughs> what? That's what the author from Kelm is making resolution? Not to be a, a, a purposeful denier of God? So how do we understand it? So the great Bali Musa explained that in every person that a person finds themselves, he has to always pretend he's at the beginning. Okay? He can't say, you know, oh, this area, I'm, I'm okay. I don't have to fight this area anymore. I don't have to work on this anymore. I'm good to this area. Nothing is assured. Nothing. As the Gemara and Sugga says, the Yitzharah of a person gets stronger every day and wants to kill him. And the Pusuk that's used... So for Russia Latzadik, the Russia, this HR He looks at the Tzadik Umevaki and tries to kill him. The HR is the Russia, and who's he going after? It's not Sofa Russia to the bum, it's to the Tsadik. And he wants to kill him, to get him to stumble to become a Russia. Alright? In other words, you think the Russia is gonna just say, "Okay, if I get the to do a little of error, I got, I did a good day." No, no, he wants him to go off oh, the yeah. path of Yiddishkeit. Okay, to totally be off. How's that possible? Okay, it doesn't happen in one day. His game plan is, you know, you got, you got to realize, China's game plan is world domination. Yeah, the state of the game. Okay, but they don't do it in one day. They played the a long ball. 2025, they said so. It's what? 2025, they said it all right. What was it? She said 2025. Mm-hmm. I don't know about that. Who knows? Did who they knows? made statement? Yeah, he's made that statement for the last three years. Okay. Anyway, so. and let's see what Rabbi Yonah says in Shari Chuba. He's talking about certain groups who have no portion in the world to come. You know, or a person who doesn't believe it. So one of them is, he says, the group that are called the haters of Hashem. Obviously, if you hate Hashem, you're not going to get into Mavu. So Rebbein Yonah explains, he says that the concept of those who hate Hashem is found even in people who do mitzvahs and are careful from doing averos in action and in speech. Outside, is, it's wonderful. However, if in their soul is some evil over there and in the recesses of their hearts, they find it hard to see that their friends are engaged in learning Torah. And when he sees people really going out and serving Hashem and having lots of Yeris Shemayim. Now let's say you're a little bit too extreme. What is this? Let's say, uh, a regular Orthodox Jew who looks disdainfully at real Haredim. So who does he think he is? Learning the whole morning. Who does he think he is being so careful by answering every word of Shema? Who does he think he is? Those people, but the guy himself does every mitzvah. Okay. And that's what Abednego says. They do the mitzvahs and they're careful for nothing, even in speech. Still in all, if they're stumbling in the fundamental point, they are so Hashem, and they're cut off of the world of life. Right? Because if, if you see other Jews, it bothers you. What do you mean? The guy's doing what Hashem wants. He's doing a little better than you. So what's the problem? Don't you want Hashem to have a good team? Right? A person can be a giant like the altar from Kelm and still in all he can fall into some point of lachis. Be jealous of another Rosh Hashiva. You have a shul, you have a nice shul, another shul is doing better than you. Whoa. whoa what, and you, and you, 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 you're not happy with them. That's what he's, it, it, you're not even saying anything. You're just feeling bad. You're not even saying Lashonar about the other place. You're just, oh, so why do they always get us? They, they think so much better than us. Okay. In other words, when you damage the foundation, that's the biggest damage. Okay. But, uh, you know, let's imagine if someone's like Og Melech Abashan, mm-hmm. a giant strong in this, but guess what? If you put the, a sword into his heart, it doesn't matter. He's finished. You can hit him in the foot. You could wound him. You could do all kinds of things, and he'll fight on. But one shot in the heart, he's out. Okay. So uh, that—that's the point. Uh, so uh, so therefore, when when the foundation is hit, you're done for. And we're talking about foundations, and here the foundation is kabbalah's Ol Malchus accepting the yoke of heaven. We got to check ourselves. Where are we holding in the foundation? Again, if the Mashiach really would come, and it is Hashem Echod, the whole world will only live with that reality. Okay, and if you ha- if therefore if that's the foundation, you have to grab our lives right now as if Mashiach's here, and it's already Hashem Elokeinu. For us, at least. Ah, you're going to ask, wait a minute, but you got to eat. Got to eat, I got to live. So guess what? When Mashiach comes, you're also going to eat. When Mashiach comes, whatever this means, we're going to eat the meat of the Leviathan. Today we eat bread. Yes, when Mashiach comes, will we all be holy people? We're gonna be holy people. So the question is shouldn't we be holy people now? Okay. When we uh when we have a, a very pleasant face to our family, and there's a it's an aura of tranquility in the house, that's also a mitzvah. When there's shalom bayis, the Shechina is in the house, and the and life is in Hashem's house. Right now, Hashem could be in your house, Hashem could be everywhere. Right? These are the Parshas coming up, this coming up, Truma, Tetzava, vayakol Pekude, like, building the Mishkan. Right? So, Shkodesh Ador. Mishenichnas Ador, When Ador comes in, we increase our joy. What's the simple Pshat? Ador is made up of two parts. Aleph, Ah, and Dor. Dor means to reside, to live. Aleph stands for Alufa Shalolam, God. Mishinichnas Ador, when the month where Hashem comes in to live with us comes in, the Simcha is greater. And that's why we talk about building the Mishkan. The Mishkan is not not just long ago. Everybody starting next Shabbos, or really by Mincha today uh, this week, we raised really start building the Mishkan. In other words, get the idea, you know, here, let's just use this Marshall, okay? Uh, you have a house for a while. It's a good house. Serves you well. But over time, it gets out of style. It gets out of style. We bought a nice house in, man, I can't remember when we bought it. I think 19, 1988. It's a nice house. The house then was only 13, 14 years. It's a nice house. As time passed, 30 years passed, okay, it got outdated. Yeah. So what do you got to do? Got to renovate. Oh, such a pain, such a pain to renovate. <laughs> it was terrible. It took over two years. And, you know, it, there's dust and this and that, all these things. But then when it's renovation is finished, wow, it's a machaya. So So and, and and reason you renovate is so that your life is easier. easier. So every year we make renovations in our house. Every year, this time of year, it's time to renovate. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, we're renovating spiritual houses. We're we're renovating. We're making sure is there is there a, a, a shulchan like in the mishkan? Is our table like the shulchan? Is our, is our, all the things, uh, the menorah, Torah, all these things, is okay? Is there the Mizbeach? Is that okay? We're, we're working properly for Hashem. You know, all these things we have to renovate and look at it through the lens of the Parsha and to say, because Hashem really can be in our homes in a much stronger way in this month. And that is the fulfillment of Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Echad. They're really looking. Let's go over the blueprint. The Torah is giving you the blueprints of what your house is supposed to look like and the things you're supposed to be doing. The mitzvahs, the mishpatim, all these things dealing with relatively mundane things. Uh, Mishpatim, everything's mundane there. Yet it is what Hashem told us right after he gave us the Torah her sinai. So that is the kabol, that our whole life is with Hashem. The echad, the aleph. Echor Ador is living right with us. And if it's not, have to do with Hashem and we're not interested in all. Hashem does want us to eat and to drink. Right? But you don't cut Hashem out from that. Okay? And we don't mix up our de- other desires that Hashem said, I'm really not interested. It's not that the world, we start, my default position is enjoying life in this world and then we try to squeeze Hashem into it. That's not, Echad means Hashem is all reality. We try to squeeze our lives into that. And therefore, minchas is such a time, I got to make my schedule That That's how it works, because Hashem Echad. Okay. And more than that, and we'll close with this idea. The Talmud tells a famous story, you've all heard it, about a peddler who's going from city to city, crying out, who wants to buy life? Who wants to buy the elixir of life? A big crowd comes and Rabi hears this, and Rabi says, "Okay, give me some of this." They said, "You don't need it," and he said, "Please, please, I want to have a little bit." Okay, so the peddler comes out, takes out a safer to heal him. Wow. He shows the pasuk, "Mi <speaking in Hebrew> who's the person who wants to, love, to live? if <speaking> yomim <in Hebrew> to love his days, liro <speaking in Hebrew> stol to see good, nitzor <speaking> l'shon <Hebrew> keep your tongue back from speaking evil sur me stay away from evil ase tov and do good now what did Rabbanai said all my life I would read that pasuk and I never really understood how obvious it was until the peddler came and told me this pasuk now what does that mean there are certain things that are so fundamental but when we hear them they don't get us excited as if we heard it for the first time. Didn't Rabbi Yane know this already many times? He said to Helen but the thing is, um, we, we just take them for granted. And when he said, who wants to live? He thought it meant real life. He never really understood. That's what the Pasuk always was saying. It wasn't just a metaphor. It was real life. You stay away from evil, do it, and you don't talk Lashonara. That really is life. Not just, it's like life. It is life. And that's the point of saying the Kriyashma, to live that life. We always say Hashem is one, but to really live what that means. So we think, for example, oh, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, and even Rosh Chedish, That's the time to, to you know make a big change only on a holiday, only on Rosh Chodesh. What about Shabbos? Can't Shabbos make an upheaval? And the truth is, every time you say Kriya Shema properly, it should cause an upheaval in the person of the whole way we look at things. Every time we say the Shema, we should say, and where am I until now? Now that I see this clarity, Right? And to and to feel with all our essence that Hashem is one, that all our actions have to be Lashem Shemin. All of life is focused only on those things of Yiddishkeit that Hashem deems as necessary. That is our whole life. That's the olive base of being a Jew, to want and to yearn for that. And it's so hard with social media and all the things that are out there. There's so many interesting things to see. It's very hard to stay away from it. But you got to at least try, or at least say, "I know it's wrong. I gotta stop. I gotta stop." That's the the trick yeah, at all times. And when we have that, you'll see lots of blessings will come to us. Mm-hmm. Good place to good stop. Good place to tomorrow yeah. we not nah, tomorrow Monday we will begin Baruch Shame. And uh, it's just another two weeks or so we should have this talk. We have a good Arab Shabbos. <laughs>